0: Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion for July 31st, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by members of the Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Corey and Julie Martin are on vacation, and they'll be back with us on August 11th. In this week's show, we'll discuss the top news stories on the Diz, including the growing trouble that Disney Cruise Line is facing from some of its most vocal supporters. Kevin Close gives us his review of the California Grill. For those of you using the Disney dining plan on your upcoming vacation, we're going to discuss the best strategies for getting the most from that. And it's the last Tuesday of the month, so we'll be giving away a prize to one lucky listener. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and listener emails on this edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Now, uh, getting started with housekeeping this week, I think the first thing we have to mention is we, we owe our listeners a, uh, a big thank you uh, for getting us nominated for the Best Travel podcast. Uh, the 2007 podcast awards.
1: That was really nice.
0: And, uh, yeah, that was, um, it was surprising. I really didn't think that was, that was going <laughs> to happen actually. But, uh, you know, we've been nominated. I've got, uh, got a lot of links up, uh, all over the site. Uh, you can vote every day, uh, until August 11th at 11:59 PM Pacific time. And I, it really comes down to whoever gets the most votes ends up winning. So, we would really appreciate it. I, I know I'm begging for votes every week now, but <laughs> um, we would really, really appreciate if you guys could uh, go out and make a point once a day of giving us a giving us a vote. Help us uh, see if we can win. We get some stiff. We have some stiff competition. There are some very good podcasts.
2: They say it's an honor just to be nominated. No.
0: Okay. <laughs> I want to win. No, it really is though. I mean, honestly, it really is. It, it was. I was really touched by the fact there. that. You know, we didn't submit our name to be considered for uh, a nomination this year. This was done by our listeners entirely. Mm. Yep. And that really is, you know, we, we've all put a, a great deal of work into the show. I hope that shows in, in, in what we put yeah. out every week. And uh, we, I wasn't expecting it. I really wasn't anticipating it was going to happen. So
1: Something to look forward to when we go out to California.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> hopefully. But uh, so, yeah, it's uh, podcastawards.com is the website. And uh, you just scroll on down to the bottom where it's a travel category, and you'll see the Diz Unplugged there. And we appreciate your your support. So, but I think that was really cool. Very cool. Yep. All right, we'll get started with the news then. Our number three story this week, Disney backs out of its wine promotion after getting flacked From California winemakers and opponents of underage drinking, Disney has decided to back out of its deal with Costco to sell wine based on the animated film Ratatouille, this according to an article in the Los Angeles Times. A Disney spokesman reported that the California Winemakers Association was upset that the film was promoting French wine. The California Wine Institute denies this, saying that the wine with a picture of Remy holding a glass of wine violated the advertising code that bans the use of any advertising that might appeal to people below the legal drinking age. Regulators at the California Department of Alcoholic Beverages had opened an investigation last week into whether or not the disney Costco agreement violated state liquor laws. The department expects, expects that investigation to be closed now that Disney is no longer planning to sell the wine. I, I think we could have probably seen that coming. We
1: said-
0: I, I, I mean... Yeah, when when you when we first talked about it, you you threw it out there as a joke. Right. I thought it was a joke. I laughed. We laughed because I never thought in a million years that Disney would st- slap one of their characters.
3: It's like using Sleeping Beauty for Ambien.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good that's a good analogy. They only
1: made five hundred cases.
0: Yep, I, oh, I,
3: they'll I be auctioned off somewhere. Yeah, they'll, they'll
1: be collectors' yeah, items. They'll be and a and big X on on the front of the bottle
0: yeah Disney Disney can't get away with that yeah. I didn't I, I didn't think so, but so that deals in the uh, in the toilet.
2: Poor planning on someone's part train wreck
0: yeah it well, seemed
2: like a good idea. Yeah, that sounds good yeah.
0: well, got to remember your brand, got to remember your audience. so all right, the number two story this week, Orlando had more empty hotel rooms in June this year than during the same month a year ago. Hotel occupancy rates were down in June by 1% over last year, while room rates increased 1.7%. This, according to an article in the Orlando Sentinel, citing a report from the Smith Travel Research Survey. The survey samples more than half the area hotels and motels, but does not include hotels owned and operated by Walt Disney World. Now, some speculate that the reason for the lowered hotel occupancy rates is the increasing popularity of timeshares, and more specifically, those who rent out their timeshares. And we've been talking about this a lot in recent weeks about people that rent out their DVC points. We have our rent trade board on our discussion boards. and
2: They, also, they also chalk it up to now there's more uh, vacation homes on the market. Exactly. And that's, that's biting into it as well. I think it also has to do with cost. They've, they've seen that they can get more and more money, so now they're pushing the envelope and making yeah. their rates we're, more higher and higher, and they're going to ceiling out at some point and have to come back down. But we're talking about 1%. But yeah, 1% is a lot of money. 1% is a lot of money. And especially when you're talking about 1% of the...
0: 73,000 hotel rooms is yeah. what they were looking at. So. And that's
2: that's the um, also the revenue that the state gets from the taxes. That's a big drop
1: in revenue. But Disney doesn't... Uh, report theirs and uh, I'd be willing to bet that the promotions that they did for
0: oh Disney's is most certainly up It's yeah. got to and, be.
1: and that affects the, be. and that affects the off-property hotels and and what they're, they're booking and it has to be looked at you know it really does
2: going back to the idea of the, the uh, vacation homes and those type of things just as a side note, you know that property values in Orlando are starting to come down. We're starting to feel the, the result of the real estate bubble. Yes, I'm
0: I'm, well, I'm aware of that. <laughs> deflating. Painfully.
2: The only sector that's not coming down are vacation homes. Yeah. Really? Yep. There's more yeah. vacation homes, more of these townhouse condominium communities being built for short-term rentals, and they're the only ones not feeling the effect. Well,
0: you See, I can't complain. I, I bought my house, what, four years ago? And it'll be four years in November I bought my house. And between what I paid for it four years ago and even even though the property value has come down, it's still gone up in four years. It's almost doubled.
2: Yeah, We're, You're going to see property values come down over the next two years, and then you're going to see it start to go back up steady again. It's just that crazy bubble thing is going to...
0: Which, I mean, yeah. I, I look at it. I mean, I pay attention to that stuff, but only so much because I have no interest in selling my my house right now. But it is, a, it, it is an interesting market, and I know vacation homes are becoming more and more popular.
3: Yeah. I mean, the other thing they're doing is those... Um, where they turn hotels or motels into condos. Uh, there was a story in the Orlando Sentinel just recently, right here at the corner of 50 and uh, I-4, there was a Holiday Inn, which they turned into right. supposedly a luxury, hotel, or luxury apartment complex, and they were selling them as condos. Really? The Lexington. And out of 230, they've sold six.
2: <laughs> well, at the end of the day... A bad idea is still a bad idea. Right. I mean, that's a bad place. and But you, you see know, that on the... That's a bad location.
3: The Highway 192, the Disney Corridor, you'll see hotels that are turning into condos.
0: So, you know, I was wondering about that. Now, I mean, uh, as some of you may know, John recently uh, went into business for himself with uh, Dream Villas of Orlando. He's got his own vacation homes. And I was wondering, I mean, because you bought those fairly recently. Those are brand new, brand new homes. Um, I was wondering if you had lost any value... Um, in the couple of years since you bought it?
2: Mine has actually gone up in value. Really? Because the new ones that they're selling within the same complex are higher. There's also a limited number of them, and you know it's a specialized community. But in general, things are going up. Again, for like, we keep a very close eye on it because we're always looking to pick up new properties and we're always looking to see what the market's doing. But in general, the market for those units are either staying the same or going up. So there's a demand for them. However, when disney builds this new thing on the other side of property by animal kingdom it's going to hurt it's going to hurt the vacation hurt.
1: homes yeah. because off do. property hotels too yeah I, uh, 192 is going <clears> to <throat> i think they they really going to get hurt
3: well they're already selling rooms for $45
0: yeah yeah it's um it's, but, it, well i i think another reason the timeshares and vacation homes are cutting into uh hotel occupancy rates is that you know ever since disney has started pushing grand gatherings Getting, you know, your family, and extended family to come with you. You've got much larger groups, I think, coming down, or more of them than we may have had previously, that, you know, want to do the whole extended family thing at Disney, but then take a look at the price of doing it at Disney and say, you know, we want to do it, but, you know, a vacation home where you've got four bedrooms and can sleep ten people.
3: Well, I also think the modern traveler has realized that for the same price as a hotel room, you can have a kitchen and two bathrooms and a living room and extra and, bedrooms. Right, exactly. In many cases, full, less. Yeah, the
0: full kitchen especially.
2: Yeah, In many cases, it's less than the price of a hotel room. You can get a much bigger unit for, one, for the price of one room and less for your entire family, which is the equivalent of two or three rooms. Rooms on Disney property it's not just
3: here either when John and I travel, that's how we travel, right. even if it's just two of us. Yeah. We look for
1: that type of accommodation. It's nice I mean, to get up and just make you coffee and you know you bring in supplies and you, you save a lot of money doing it that way and if you If that offsets the the price, you know you you can save some money and and stretch it out for other things to do extras while you're at Disney. It's also nice to not have to sit on the bed and watch TV.
3: Oh yeah. You know, sit on the bed and do everything.
1: So True. So True. and if you go and I I drive, the the timeshares over there, Sheridan Vistana Villages is building more units every day and others are. Really Those long are beautiful,
0: up. both the Vistana Villages and Sheridan Vistana. Yeah. Um over on 535. I'm gonna be
1: I'm gonna be checking out the the Vistana resort to s- different future.
0: We'll see what happens. I, I know that uh you know it's a it's a very competitive market here it's you know tourist capital of the world got a lot of hotel although there's a lot of hotel rooms here to fill and what it comes down to for a lot of these off property hotels it, it turns into a price war they just start you know one starts undercutting their price you know and then services start to suffer and the buildings don't get maintained the way they should and right. you know and we saw that after um, all stars opened it started on 1 192 it got worse after Pop Century opened, I mean, and Pop Century, that was a one-two for uh, for for that area of of Orlando because yeah. you just had nine eleven, and we were just starting to recover from nine eleven when they opened up Pop Century, and all this business got got drawn away from, you know, I Drive and one ninety two. Yeah.
1: I think eventually so. that other side of Pop Century is going to be for families uh, larger families and they're going to build those that way
0: also don't underestimate the uh, effect that these free dining packages and a lot of these deals that disney has been offering this year is having it it affects on that because in some cases you know for a decent hotel room off property you can get you know a room at the moderate on property and get the package and you know the free dining and stuff like that, 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 makes big, that makes a big difference.
2: Everybody in this town adapts themselves to whatever Disney's doing. It's unfortunate, but that's what happens. I don't have the information in front of me. I apologize. I wanted to bring it. The Marriott World Center just, not just announced, but recently announced their own dining package, where they had partnered with Disney to get dining vouchers. So that I, I guess someone at, at the Marriott World Center complained and said, listen, we can't compete with you on that level. Work with us. So now it's kind of like an off-property dining package is being offered.
0: Oh.
1: So
2: this is the trend yep. that you're going to see that now.
0: That would be fantastic.
1: Well, Buena Vista Suites offered the uh, Christmas in July special uh, for a $25 uh, food certificate for their...
0: right and that's i mean and that's great but it's not i mean that Dinner doesn't compare Disneyland. to that doesn't it, compare it doesn't to compare, with dining no, no, with Disney it doesn't so. compare but it,
1: they're they're working in that direction you know they also give you a free buffet breakfast in the morning for everybody so they've been reacting to that for quite a while on that
2: and to bring it full circle that's with this increase in the uh, in the townhomes and condominiums that we're seeing is a reaction to Disney's vacation club Because that's the niche that Disney's Vacation Club has satisfied is the larger units, the full kitchens, the more, um, you know, home away from home. Home away from home feel.
0: Right. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see how the rest of the summer goes. But uh, I have a feeling that it's not going to get any better for the rest of the year. I think Disney's doing real well. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, our number one story this week isn't exactly a news story on the Diz. It's a, a controversy that has erupted recently on our discussion boards and not just our discussion boards, discussion boards all over the place. And I think it really needs to be discussed. This is basically uh, Disney Cruise Line uh, getting a black eye with this decision that they recently made to uh, charge passengers who are scheduled right now to be on the, uh, the two uh, Panama Canal repositioning cruises next year. An additional $100 per person uh, under the guise of additional tolls and government fees and taxes. And this has really upset an enormous number of people. This is probably one of the – I want to choose my words carefully here because there could be more to this that we don't know. But this is one of the oddest decisions that I've seen Disney Cruise Line make. Normally, the decisions they make are very pro-customer. Um, this really is kind of a departure. I don't know where this is coming from. And the, the the response that they gave as to why they're doing this is that, you know, the toll has increased and we're just passing this on to our our uh, our guests. But it doesn't make any sense because I think one, one person on the boards actually, you know, made contact with, officials in Panama Mm -hmm. to find out exactly how and what Disney was paying for this toll through the canal. And when he did the math, he figured out that the increase should only be about $5 a passenger. Right. So.
3: I, I actually had contact with Disney Cruise Line, that same person who's done that. Actually, it was a woman, I believe. And she contacted me. And I've been in contact with Disney and asked for specifics as to what what this extra $100 per person was, and it would be broken down so far, and I gave that information out, the person then wrote back to me and said, but you still haven't explained to me what that big chunk is for. I called Disney Cruise Line back, and the response was, the legal department will not allow us to discuss it any further with you. Please have them write to guest services. Well, guest services, or guest communication, excuse me, I've misspoken. Guest communication center response to this woman, which basically said, it was just, she was blown off. We're sorry that you feel upset about this, but this is due to government taxes. And she's become rather vocal about it and uh, demanding as to know why, This is happening.
0: And uh, you know what? She has every right to do that. And this is what bothers me about Disney's response to this. That, okay, you know, this may be legitimate. That's why I'm not ready to pile on here. I'm not ready to start pointing fingers and accusing Disney Cruise Line of doing anything wrong. Because there may be a very legitimate reason that they had to do this. However, they have not come forward with any kind of real explanation. And I think the people who are paying for these Panama Canal cruises have the right when they ask a question why exactly what is it I'm being charged for here I need an answer to that and and for Disney to come back with a general blanket response that blows people off is just it's it's surprisingly poor customer service for them
3: I don't think it's piling on to call Disney on the carpet for announcing that we're going to charge you before they announced what this was really for. Yeah. I don't think that's piling on at all. I think that's just a poor business decision.
2: Let me give you let me give you a little bit of technical information as far as this goes. First of all, in all of Disney's policies and procedures, it clearly states they reserve the right to increase the price if there's an increase in government taxes or fees being applied to from any port of call mm-hmm. within the cruise that's blanket statement in their in their terms and conditions everybody agrees to that when you book a cruise dreams unlimited travel received a letter for each of our clients on the cruise which said that this increase was being assessed by pa- the Panama Canal for transiting the cruise for transiting the canal that's what this letter specifically said
0: so it did not say anything about uh, increased fees at other ports of call?
2: No, it did not say that. It specifically said this is being assessed by pa- the Panama Canal for transiting the canal. Whatever the situation turns out to be, it seems to be now um, that it's an odd amount. It's $100 even, even yeah. per person and proportional to what it was being charged before. You're talking about an incredible increase. I mean, we, we, know from, we know from what we know from the news, they're trying to widen the canal and that there were issues with the ships going through the canal. Even the Disney Cruise Line ship was damaged or damaged the canal when it went through because it was just a smidge too big. It took a chunk out of the canal, and I believe they auctioned
3: it off. Hmm. The chunk they took out really? of it.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. So there may be legitimacy behind doing this increase. I think the question becomes, A, is this the right amount? And, B, there's also an issue with how Disney went about telling people about it just to increase your cruise and say you're going to pay this, A, with no advanced warning, and B, with no explanation, I think has left people very upset.
3: The internet has leveled the playing field as far as information. I mean, the information on how many gross tons the Disney ship weighs and what the per charge per capita is on a cruise ship for going through the canal. I mean, this information is all out there. So people figured it out based on the old information and the new information. And what they're saying is this doesn't add
0: up. Right. And like I said, you know, for me. I'm not ready to say, you know, Disney Cruise Line is screwed up. Disney Cruise Line shouldn't be doing this. Because there may be a very legitimate reason. What Disney Cruise Line has failed to do is adequately explain that in intelligent terms to intelligent adults that deserve an explanation when they're as loyal as they are to a particular product. That's all I'm saying at this point. Now, if they come up with an explanation that doesn't hold water, you know and like you said the internet levels the playing field everybody can get access to this information one way or the other and you know this is this is doing business in the 21st century this is the reality you've got to deal with guys like us you've got to deal with boards like ours you've got to you've got to answer you have to answer to your customers
1: a lot of people are going to look towards the other cruise lines that go through the canal too and see if they've had to increase their pricing as well that's uh, a
0: good point
2: that, that's part of what this person did they actually figured out they went directly to the Panama Canal and said, what exactly is this increase? And I'm not going to pretend I understand it because I didn't really delve into it that quickly, but my understanding is that they're going from a gross tonnage price to a per person price or the other way around. So that's where there's this discrepancy in how much it is.
3: I think it's from a
0: gross tonnage to a per person. Right.
2: Well, there's something else to be said. We've lost a
3: client. Dreams Unlimited Travel has lost a client. This is a person who was on the ship, booked another cruise because they loved it so much, transferred their reservation to Dreams Unlimited Travel. I got an email from this person just recently who said, I don't like the way Disney's handled this. I don't like the fact that they've just come out and they've given me bogus information. And with no warning at all, tell me this is what you're going to pay. And when I ask a question, won't answer me in a direct manner. So she has canceled her her Panama Canal cruise and insists that she will not book another Disney cruise. So there's not a business out there today who wants to lose a customer that was that loyal. Right. You purchased my product the first time. You repurchased it while on board. And now you're canceling because of the way this was handled. The fact that there's no information coming from Disney Cruise Line. And I've had word that they're going to send out a letter explaining this. Price increase, however, that's putting the cart after the yeah, and putting did, the cart yeah, before that the That explanation horse.
0: should have they right. you know they've been doing business in for a while now. They've been doing business in the light of the internet for a while now. They should have known right. this would have caused a stir. They should have been prepared with a reasonable response to the question, "Why am I being charged another hundred dollars on top of what I'm already paying?" Right.
2: And when you look at the price of these cruises. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to trivialize the amount because it's significant. Anyone who has to pay more money than they thought they'd pay initially, it comes as a shock. However, when you're looking at a ten thousand dollar cruise and coming up with another two hundred dollars, it in the grand scheme of things, it's not a financial decision to cancel. It just leaves a bad taste exactly. in your mouth. I think it's a emotional reaction that says, "Listen, I'm fed up with it. You can't walk all over me, and just increase the price and then not explain okay. it to well, me." Well, uh, one more point. Pete, uh, if people have paid their cruise in full, they're not affected by the tax increase. That's right. Yeah. That's just a Disney policy. Disney's policy is if you've paid in full and something happens where there's a price increase, you are not paid the increase unless you touch your reservation that yeah. affects the price.
3: Right. You
0: make any changes that would affect the price. No, no, I just touching.
3: have to, I just have to go over one thing you just said. Okay. You had had, you have Excuse me. You had to have paid right. for the cruise in full before this announcement was made. Exactly. I've already answered that question also. Yeah. No, you can't pay for your cruise in full now
2: and get away from that increase. Right. Right. That had to be done before this was announced. That was what I was trying to say was that people had paid before the increase was announced will not be charged the increase. However, you're still going to get the increased shipboard credit from Dreams Unlimited Travel. We're still going to do that for yeah. all our clients across the board. It doesn't matter. But keep in mind, though, that if you have paid in full and you're thinking you got away with this without having to be charged the increase, if you do something like add transfers or trip insurance or anything, you're, they're going to impose that increase on you. So uh, no touchy. Be careful before you make any changes. Don't just go and do them.
0: Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, that is going to do it for the news for us this week, folks. We're going to move on and do our rapid fire segment. And who would like to begin? I'm
2: going to go first. Okay, okay, Julie. <laughs> well, I have stuff that's related to what we were just talking about. I know. So, I was just,
3: that was just to make her feel better, so when she gets back, she heard her name. She listens. Hi,
2: Julie. She knows we're not blowing them off, even though they blew us off and went on this great cruise.
0: <laughs> They're having a good time, though. I talked to Corey yesterday. I'm glad. He said the food is uh, mediocre. Um, he's hoping the food gets better. He said the service is outstanding, but it's a lot different than Disney. It's, just a, it's a much more formal, much more adult ship. He's not sure he likes it better, but it's beautiful. He's in Florence. Yeah.
3: Yeah. How sorry for do, do you feel?
2: Exactly. Nice. 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 I have some Disney Cruise Line updates. So I figured that would tie into our last discussion. Um, some quick information. A lot of our uh, clients, or a lot of people in general, like to book back-to-back cruises, three- and four-night cruises back-to-back. That kind of makes up for not having a seven-night cruise uh, in the summer when the ship is somewhere else. In the past, you've been able to stay on the ship when you do a back-to-back cruise. Now you actually have to disembark and check back in. So you have to get off the ship and go back in. Luggage and everything? No, not your luggage. They'll take care of that for you. But you have to physically get off the ship and then check back in. Okay. So you can't just stay on and and take advantage of there being an empty ship. Uh, I have another piece of Disney Cruise Line update. It is that uh, effective immediately, the cellular at sea service will be offered on board the Disney Wonder. That's where you would be able to make calls from your cell phone. Wow. Um, most cool. phones, singular, AT&T, Sprint, and T-Mobile, as well as PDA devices that use those services. Nextel? No. That did not enlist
0: well, Sprint. Nextel. Is, is well, it Sprint Nextel?
1: Well, Sprint's Embark. I don't know. They changed the names to protect the <laughs> exactly. innocent?
0: It's like... I'm pretty sure Sprint and Nextel are the same company now. Yeah,
1: but they don't play together. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have to get a separate phone. like they sit in separate separate corners. corners. I know
0: uh, on the the ship that Corey's on, I think it's the Millennium, the Celebrity Millennium, um, we have Singular. He's able to use his cell phone on the ship, and the connection is phenomenal.
2: We used uh, uh, Verizon phones. Was it Verizon or T-Mobile? T-Mobile phones on our Royal Caribbean cruise. Nope,
3: it was Verizon.
2: Was it Verizon? Our trios are through Verizon. Yep, and worked great. Just a little more information on this: um, the charge is going to be your roaming charges, your international charges, and things like that. So check with your phone company to see what those charges will be. And you can only—it'll only take effect eight to twelve miles out to sea. And not at port. So if you're going to be in port, you can't make a call from your cell phone. You'll have to get off and use a payphone or something like that.
3: Now we were able to use our Verizon phones in some of the ports on the Caribbean cruises, also, and even the international roaming charges were cheaper than some of the local payphones. So it's something it it's work if you want to use it and figure it out.
2: What you have call your cell phone company and ask first and find out if you can use it and how much they're going to charge you yeah. but it really wasn't that outrageous that's for, really
1: important to, to look into before you go on your cruise is what kind of service if you need to be in contact with
0: people yep okay Thank you John um, I'll go next um, on the holiday front since we've been talking about the holidays all month uh, you can now order if you're going to be uh, at Disney Disney World for Christmas you can order your Christmas trees now through the Disney Florist Woo-hoo. And a four-foot-tall tree. <laughs> yeah. Buckle is, up your seatbelts, yeah, folks. Yeah, really, I want everyone to make sure yeah, you're sitting down, down, not a, driving. Not on a treadmill. A four-foot-tall Christmas tree is $365. But it does come decorated with the Year of a Million Dreams stuff. Stuff. Lights. lights and It should come ornaments. decorated
3: with $365.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Cinderella should deliver it. For that and price.
0: these these trees can be uh, be brought to your resort room.
1: You can ship them, too. And right? they'll also ship them to your house. For an additional fee. An additional yeah, $45. 50, yeah, that's how much the additional tree $45. costs. additional
0: $45. So that's uh, it's through the Walt Disney World florist. We'll have, uh, um, I think we'll put the phone number up on the show notes this week.
1: That'd be a nice touch for someone that really wants to make their room yeah. during the holiday if they're going to be here for if Christmas. If you have a car, people drive to Walmart.
0: <laughs> if you're rolling around in dough and you you know, just have money, just don't know how to spend. Four hundred dollars for a four foot tall christmas tree for disney it 's a hundred oh dollars hey, a foot
1: that 's a side
0: business I can do ship it it 's an expensive tree and then one one more thing uh, the two thousand and seven holiday season dates for Disneyland have been announced, and it will begin on November sixteenth two thousand and seven and run through january sixth and everything's going to open on November 16th with the exception of uh, it's a Small World Holiday and the Believe Fireworks and that stuff that goes on. I think uh, Small World Holiday will open on November 9th, and they don't have a date when they're going to start the Believe Fireworks. But, mm. so That's
1: similar to the dates that uh, Disney World has.
3: My rapid fire sort of um, dovetails into yours. Uh, Rita Moreno has been added to the Candlelight Processional. She will be there December 26th through December 28th. Okay. John wants to go to the Candlelight Processional and just keep yelling, Sister Peter Murray. I
0: don't know. Not if what. You I know. If you don't watch Oz, if you didn't watch Oz on HBO, you don't know who that is. So.
2: Well, what, what was her name in West Side Story? I can yell that out, too. I don't remember. You're a jet. Okay. <laughs> You're a shark. We'll watch when they escort you out.
0: Uh, yeah, really. Note to self. John, Kevin, don't sit with Don't sit John just wants to John. go and
3: scream it. Rita Moreno. She was Googie Gomez in the Ritz. I don't know if that helps.
1: I'll sit behind John and videotape them, marching them out the door.
3: Also, the um, some rehab updates. The uh, Tony's Town Square is being closed for all of January for refurbishment. Hopefully, they'll put in a new kitchen and new recipes, too. will <laughs> <laughs> <buy> new food. <laughs> really. Don't just make it pretty. Make it better. Um, the 50s Primetime Cafe is closed from January 20th through February 2nd for rehab also. And on a not-so-sad note, the All-Star Cafe is closing for good <laughs> at, the w- at the wide waste of space. Um, okay. I know, Bob. The cheerleaders come. Char- 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 there's char- there's char- really?
0: I am so not going to miss that.
3: <laughs> it really? Uh, what they're doing is they found that, it, first of all, it was empty most of the time. I wonder why. That people it didn't have, between sporting events or between scheduled events, there wasn't enough time to go have a sit-down meal. What they're going to do is they're going to put in... Um, it's not going to just be a counter service. It's going to be a little more upscale than that, but it's going to be much faster. It might be like a grab and go kind of thing where you'll be able to get sandwiches or flatbread pizzas and mm-hmm. stuff to eat more quickly. Which rather makes than, sense over there. It really right? does. It does make sense. The All Star Cafe was never
1: a great place yeah. anyway. Usually, and, that's the place that they'd, they'd lease out if you had a if they had a big group, and they actually ended up closing it for a night and turn it into a disco or something else like that. So that was the a type disco. of thing. The sport disco. <laughs> but it, that's, I mean, if they get a big group in, that's what they do. Can you uh, picture
0: Bob with a fro and, like, disco pants and platform shoes on? I could do that. I don't think Bob's going to do a disco. Other, other than the fro,
1: what's different?
0: <laughs> polyester print shirt. Go there.
3: Uh, but so... um. I don't think anybody's going to be moan the loss
1: of the All-Star Cafe. It's no. probably a plus.
2: You're going to get emails. You'll get oh, emails. my
1: we, favorite place. I, I, to eat. I, You've I, ruined I, my vacation. No. I'm telling you guys, that is a cash cow. It really is. But there. nobody goes there. Everybody goes yes. there. Everybody, honest Pete, to God.
0: Everyone. What, the All-Star? No.
1: Everyone but us. The wide world of sports is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay. I'm telling you right now, it's a gold mine for Disney. It really is.
2: They're building a whole new venue over there. I mean, they must be making money. It's just boring to me.
1: That's it for rehabs.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Bob.
1: Pete, I have a a rapid fire, uh, to tie in with you also. Uh, the hours for November and December have changed, uh, and they've added hours. And some of the highlights are all four Saturdays in November. Uh, Magic Kingdom is going to be open November third till eleven, and then the tenth and seventeenth till twelve, and the twenty fourth till one a.m. Wow, in November! In November, so are there also extra oh. Magic Hour nights too? I didn't look into that
2: because then it's open till like four a.m. Right? <laughs> it's mean, no longer the slow
0: season. I'm telling you, I'm and and you know what? We have ourselves every every webmaster of every Disney site of every discussion board on the internet. We have no one but ourselves to blame. That's right.
2: We
1: changed the traffic patterns. We helped change
0: the traffic pattern.
1: Oh, yeah. There's no one here that first week of December. Yeah. No, I'm getting into December in a minute. The week of November 18th to 24th, the Magic Kingdom is open every night till 12 or 1 a.m. Say that again. The week of November 18th to 24th, which is the week of Thanksgiving. Right. The Magic Kingdom will be open every night from 12 to 12 a.m. and... Or 1 a.m. as you get to Friday, Saturday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Was it like that last year? Uh, n- no, it, it may have been 11 p.m. last okay. year, but uh, I don't then, think it was that late. And then they added uh, Magic, uh for that week, or uh, 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. Those two shows, Fantasmic. They added an They're extra expecting show. Expecting huge crowds. So, Eventually, it'll just be 24 hours. Really? Yeah, it's it's pretty close. Uh, and then Phantasmic, 630 p.m. and 8 p.m. Uh, Animal Kingdom's going to close at 8 p.m. in in that wow. week of November 18th to
3: 24th. Bring your flashlight. Animal is, Kingdom is dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You
1: know, that that's going to be interesting. I mean, the way the way uh, Expedition Everest is they have to keep it open longer because people want to be on that ride. And so MGM is going to stay open that week uh, till 8 p.m. And and then just another note for uh, November, the Halloween parades. When you if you're going to one of the Halloween nights, the parades are there's two of them. One's at 815 and 1030. And then the fireworks, the Halloween fireworks at 930 for those nights. And then when you get to December, the, the highlights are Magic Kingdom on December 1st, 8th, and 15th, those Saturday nights, the park is open till 1 a.m. Wow. And then the 22nd, which is the week that's slow, okay, it's only open till 11 p.m. So that shows you where the slow week is in December. And then it, uh, December 29th, that Saturday, it's open till 2 a.m., and if they should happen to drop two a.m. two a.m. and if they should, I don't know if it is, but if they drop a extra magic hour, can you at imagine? it could be there now, till they, five, 5 a.m. and then the park opens back up at seven a.m. the next morning. Yeah, well, it will so be it's almost hours. It will be twenty-four so hours. I'm going to keep an eye on that to see if that does happen. Walt Disney World turning into Vegas. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to mention uh, one more thing. Uh, December twenty-fourth through. You know, this 31st. is called rapid fire, right? Yeah, I know. Okay. Okay. Uh, Again, the park is open at Magic Kingdom, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. So take a look and make sure you, you check it back because they added some uh, Spectro Magics and Wishes uh, fireworks in November and December that
0: weren't there before. We'll have links up to it on yeah. the show notes page. All right. Thank you very much, Bob. And that will do it for Rapid Fire this week. All right. Well, it is time once again for another restaurant review by our very own Kevin Close. This time he went to the California Grill. Tough job. And what would you think of it?
3: I have to start out with a little short story. I know we're running long on time, but the California Grill was the scene of my worst Disney dining disaster ever. Oh, no. Ever. Uh It was so bad that the general manager of the contemporary resort called me personally at home and invited me and four of my friends to have dinner on him at the California Grill, anything we wanted, soup to nuts. Are you kidding? That's not this time. This no, was, not this time. Oh, oh I'm, no, I'm sorry. Talking about this, this. This, was, this was a time before. Um, <laughs> time before too. It was the last time I was at the California Grill. I'm going to guess it was five years ago. And the our m- meal started with our server walking up to the table saying, and his first words to us was, I feel like crap, so don't expect much.
1: Oh. Oh, so, there's was a train right?
3: Well, well, I'll tell the whole story another time. So I went into this thinking, all right, here's your shot. Yeah, yeah I only went there because you asked me to. So um, I made our reservation. We had a reservation for 610 on Friday night, and there were four of us. Now, one of the things that I have to tell you right up front is people go to the California Grill for the view. It's spectacular. Yes, it is. During the summer, it stays late. It stays light pretty late here in Orlando. From 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock, the curtains were closed at California Grill because of the sun. So if you're making a reservation in that time frame when it's really sunny outside, be prepared for the fact that they will close the curtains. Now, the curtains are translucent. You can see through them, but you don't get the view. Right. At 8 o'clock, once the sun had moved out of blinding range... They opened the curtains and you could see. But if you're there for the view and you're there during that time frame, forget it. You're not seeing anything. Uh, There were four of us, and I have to say I thought the food was pretty spectacular. There's good and bad in this. I have some good things to say, and I have some not so great things to say. Uh, First of all, this is a pricey venture. Mm Mm-hmm. You are not allowed to venture up to the California Grill like you were in years past. You have to stop at the second floor and check in. You're not allowed to just go up to the California Grill. They've stopped all of the elevators except for one from going up that high. Uh, You check in at the second floor... And are escorted to the restaurant. But you're not escorted there till your table is ready. So it worked out pretty well. Now, I think that was earlier. Later on in the evening, we did see people sort of milling around in the lobby. So I think they were letting people come up, just not sit down until their tables were ready.
1: You said the second floor. Is there a special spot that they
3: have to check Yeah, in? there's a there's a, a
0: podium. How and
3: you- they as soon as you, they'll, when you get on the elevator, it says check in for this California grill. And yeah. it's right there as you get off the elevator. Okay. okay. It's right there. You can't miss it. Okay. Um, It was really good. Our dinner was terrific. Uh, As I said, there were four of us. We started out with a flatbread. We had the BLT flatbread. It was heirloom tomatoes, Nooski's bacon, provolone, crisp romaine, and lemon aioli. It was $13. It was good. It was very tasty. It was very expensive. This is a small flatbread pizza. And... One of my complaints with the California Grill is that the menu is a little wordy and fancier than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Newski's Bacon is pancetta. And I think most people would understand what pancetta is. I think Newski's Bacon is. pretentious. Yeah, that's the word. They I get just to charge
1: more if they call it yeah, Newski's. You
3: know, another thing we noticed is that our server was male. And he, if he's ever, not, he's
0: very observant of me.
3: Well, we're we're good at those. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> obviously, obviously
0: a professional. I,
3: gender I, identification is not a problem. Not <laughs> our <laughs>
2: first time at the rodeo, right? He also
3: could have worked at the Cal, or at the haunted mansion. <laughs> he had. Whenever we would ask him a question about what is Newski's bacon, he would get this vague, far away look in his eye, sort of like he was not really sure what we were asking. And you kind of had to snap them back into reality. We made an observation that the men that were working in the California Grill all could have worked at the Haunted Mansion. They all walked around sort of stone-faced. And I think it was this sort of, I have to be professional. I have to be severe. This is an expensive, fine dining. The women were smiling and laughing and interacting with their guests, and we had lurch waiting on us. So (laughs) Um, getting past that, uh, we then had John and I each had an order of sushi mm. and I have to tell you the sushi was phenomenal it really high grade sushi excellently prepared however it 's double the price that you would pay in another fine sushi any place else that didn 't wasn 't on top of the contemporary resort. Um, this is where things kind of broke down. if you ordered exactly what was on the menu. It seemed that you were very successful. The meals were very successful if you ordered them as stated. The minute we started asking to make changes, and again, we had some people with us. We always take some people who have dining or um food requirements. There are, you know, I'm, I'm not, dietary restrictions. Dietary restrictions. I'm yeah. having trouble talking today. As soon as we started making alterations to any dishes because of those, It was not nearly as successful. We ordered the free-range chicken, which came with roasted free-range chicken with heirloom tomato panzanilla and tomato sherry vinaigrette. And when we asked what that was, we were told it was lettuce and bread with chicken on top of it. And I said, so it's a sandwich? No, it's a salad. And I said, so the entree is a salad. Well, not really a salad. And I thought, okay, well, no, what's not really a salad? Oh, no. <laughs> so the other thing we asked was, um, could we switch that out and just get chicken and mashed potatoes and a vegetable? And he got that far away look in his eye and said, well, I don't see why not. I said, so you assume that's an affirmative response. And we said, can, what, what's the vegetable? He said, green beans. I said, can you cook the green beans until they are soft? So that they're very almost mushy. And he just stopped talking. And he paused and he paused and he paused and he said, well, I'm going to have to ask the chef. And I said, okay. So then he just walked away. And I thought, okay, apparently that was enough of a question to go ask the chef now. The other thing we asked for is one of the members of our party can't eat sourdough bread because of the culture in it. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, do you have any other kind of bread? And he said, no. I said, well, we had a flatbread. Is there any way you could just take the bread from the flatbread, put a little butter on it, and bake that off? That was very plain.
0: Oh, you were a tough table. Well, I was, but I figure... <laughs> oh, you were a tough table.
3: At $40 an entree.
0: No, absolutely.
3: $36 an entree. And I mean, anybody, this is not... It's not like I asked him to go to Publix and come back with, you know, sesame bread or something. I just said, you know, can you do this? So what I said was, it's very successful if you're willing to order off... Exactly. Right, right off there. the menu, yeah. I don't think it's unusual, though, for people to have dietary restrictions or likes and dislikes. No. no I, of course I, I, not. And any other Disney restaurant we've ever eaten in, if that's the case, I've never had a problem. They usually are overly accommodating. Right, exactly. What can I do? What can we do? How can we fix it? This man had to bring the chef out. So now the chef came to our table, and the chef looked at us kind of like, this was your question? You want me to cook green beans softer and butter bread? And we said, yeah. And he said, yeah, sure. I can do that. <laughs> so uh, it was our server who was the stumbling block there. Right. And I don't want to make it sound like he was bad. He wasn't, but I don't know if it was, he was new at this or no one had ever asked him to make changes, but that was a, that was a huge stumbling. Kind of
0: throw him for a loop.
3: Yeah. And the two meals where we made changes to the side dishes were not at all as successful as our dishes where we ordered exactly what was off the menu. Um, John had the oak-fired filet of beef with crushed red potatoes and Nooski's bacon. Apparently, there was a sale on Nooski's bacon (laughs) somewhere Um, and thought it was wonderful. was. It was very good. Um, Proportion-wise, it was a little small, especially for the price. Keep in mind that his filet was about the size of a deck of cards and as thick as a deck of cards. Oh, wow. And that entree was $36. You're kidding. No.
0: How many ounces was it?
3: I'm going to guess three and a half or four ounces of meat.
0: You've got to be joking. It might have been
2: like six before they cooked it or something like that. They might bill it as a six-ounce portion on top of the potatoes, which were very good, with the green beans, which were very good. But again, a smaller portion, especially for that price. You didn't you didn't miss that, uh, though. We did have soup. Oh,
3: we, I, I was going to get back to oh, it. Um, we did have a, a – I should have actually done that first. We had a summer tomato soup. With a grilled cheese crouton and chiffonade of basil. I'm
1: getting hungry.
3: And I thought the person who ordered the soup didn't care for it at all. I thought it was terrific. It tasted like fresh tomato
1: juice. Really? It It didn't taste like this was not. It's not like the soup we've gotten in other places. No. It, it
3: wasn't like a typical tomato soup. Mm. This was much more of a tomato juice-based soup and had the, fresh, the taste of fresh tomatoes. I thought it was good. Other people didn't care for it. Yeah. Uh, as I said, we ordered uh, some of our um, appetizers were uh, sushi. I thought my sushi was tremendous. However, I also find the sushi at the Hilton. There's a Benihana at the Disney Hilton
0: at uh, downtown Disney. At
3: downtown Disney, and one of my favorite things is a spicy crunchy tuna roll. My spicy crunchy tuna roll at Benihana. I get eight pieces, and it's six fifty. I got a spicy—actually, I it was called the Spicy Sensation Tuna Avocado in a Fireball Sauce, and that was $13.
0: Double. So,
3: and it was for eight pieces. So I paid double, and I thought it was wonderful, but I didn't think it was double wonderful. Right. Okay. I had the Pacific halibut with spring onions, uh, chanterelle mushrooms, crushed potatoes, and red wine reduction. I thought it was very good. It was a small piece of fish on top of mashed potatoes. And again, the menu makes it sound very, very fancy. It was very good. It was a very small portion of fish. And mine was $28. Wow.
1: Mm. So uh,
3: I, I think it's the almost calif- double
1: from where we go and have halibut in another restaurant. Right. But you're, you're paying for the view and everything. Okay, and
0: well just by yeah, but by, by contrast, uh, last week um, we went out and had uh, dinner at a steakhouse here, just in downtown Orlando called Linda's La Cantina. It's not in the tourist corridor. It's very much a local a local place. Um, Walter got a two and a half pound T-bone.
1: Two and a half pounds? Okay. Walter
0: weighs two and a half pounds. Two and a half pounds. The, the man has an appetite. I it's can't disgusting. I can imagine a two and, half, like two and a half pounds. He must be hollow. He has a metabolism that just never stops. Okay, I'm envious. And he had a two and a half pound T-bone was $40. And when I tell you this is not chumpy steak, this is, some, this is steak wow. that rivals the best you'll ever eat anywhere. It rivals Shula's.
3: That's... See, I don't and mind paying $40 for an entree. But to get three ounces of meat, whether it's pre-cooked or after it's cooked, for thirty-six dollars.
0: Yeah. Well, I had a twelve. My twelve-ounce. I had a twelve-ounce fillet, uh, bacon-wrapped fillet that was thirty-six dollars at Linda's. And that's okay. I'll pay that. I mean, that's
1: a, f- a forty-ounce T-bone for forty bucks. That's a dollar an ounce. That's that's not a bad deal. And the food was good.
3: Uh, we yeah. enjoyed our food. However, it's very very expensive, and we discussed this while we were there. You are sitting in one of the most desirable locations at Disney World. I mean, Victoria and Albert's is a supposedly a very fine restaurant, but it doesn't have the location that the California Grill has. You're yeah. perched atop the contemporary hotel with the Magic Kingdom at your feet.
2: It's also, uh, they've redone the, the decor since I've been there. It's spectacular.
3: It really does. It looks very, very fresh. They've toned down that sort of 80s look to it. Yeah. And it's, it, looks, it's, it looks
2: very nice. It's like being on the cruise ship. It, it really does remind is. me very much
3: so of Palo at this elegant,
1: point.
3: E- elegant but casual right. elegant. It's not stuffy. Um, there were people there in t-shirts and shorts. Everybody I saw looked presentable. See, I don't have a problem with the dress code, but this is I saw people there who were dressed elegantly.
1: Yeah, it's resort casual, right? Right, or,
3: and, and that's or, a conversation that I'm just that's never. That's another. That's a whole other at. story. I think if you're presentable and clean and can afford to eat there. Be there. Be there. Yep. That's just my opinion. Um, we did order two desserts. We ordered their uh, lava cake, oh. and it was very, very good, it, but it's it's a very, very small portion for $10, and it came with a scoop of cherry, black cherry ice cream, and then we ordered something called Blueberry Bliss, which wasn't as successful. Mm-hmm. It was a, um, a blueberry truffle blueberries and whipped cream with a little cake. There was a little piece of blueberry uh, cheesecake. And when I tell you uh, it was a small piece, it was about the size of a 50 cent piece. Mm. And then there was a little ramekin of something called blueberry soup, which is basically watered down blueberry pancake syrup. Mm. Um, And that was also $10. We didn't have any drinks other than a diet Coke and a decaf coffee. We had one appetizer, the flatbread, two orders of sushi, one first course, which was the tomato soup, and four entrees. And our check was $230. And again, I would say that this was 50% successful. The 50% that wasn't was things that we changed. I'm sorry, though, if you're still going to charge me $30 for an entree, I should be able to alter it. And it wasn't like I, again, like I right. asked him to create something new. These were things that were offered on other,
0: right?
1: Yeah,
3: other things that were offered on the menu. Right. It wasn't like I said, you know, make me something that's not on the menu.
1: And the chef didn't have a trouble with it. It was just the waiter had trouble.
3: Correct. And the kitchen putting it together. I mean, things like asking for sauce on the side, we had to ask them to then go back and get the sauce. It it was that sort of thing. They did very well when we didn't change anything. Mm. But again. It's pricey as all get out.
2: They do take the dining plan, so we saved $43 off of the price, which is that great. Is that, that, that a one dining uh,
1: coupon, or is that a two restaurant? For the Disney dining
2: plan? Yeah. No, we don't, were we not on the dining
3: plan. Oh, we are on the dining, dining experience. Oh, experience.
1: I'm sorry. Right. Okay.
2: You know, the dining experience, and I and get that it was 20% off pre-drink stuff. So no, I
3: did see them a couple pre-alcohol. of things that I should They'll have they give
0: you, and, you 20% off on everything, including the alcohol.
3: I don't know. We didn't, it have, yeah, we didn't have alcohol, well, which is even better.
2: Alcohol. So, I mean, it's a great savings, and it worked out great. Mm-hmm.
3: Some things I can tell you that if you're bringing children, we watch them set up tables where children were going to be sat, and they take the Mickey head confetti and spread it across the table, which I thought was a nice touch. Cool. And our server told us something that we didn't know, and I thought that was great, that we ate there early, and one of the most popular things to do is go to the California Grill to watch Wishes. And if you're dining there prior to wishes being seen, as long as you have your receipt from dinner, they will allow you to come back up to the California Grill to go out on the catwalk and watch wishes, even if you're not dining there at the time of the fireworks. Oh, cool.
1: That's a nice touch.
2: So if you can't get in at that, you know, there's these coveted times when everyone's making the reservation. Make it a little bit earlier. Enjoy your meal go downstairs and hang out and get a drink or go do something else. Shop on the fourth floor. Shop on the fourth floor, then come back up to the catwalk.
3: This also works for people who don't want to eat dinner at 9 o'clock at night. I mean, during the summer, Wishes is at 10 o'clock, and that's a little late for our group to eat. So it's nice if you want to do something else and come back to the contemporary and get to see Wishes from the catwalk outside the restaurant. And
1: not so many people will be disappointed. I have one question, Kevin. Do they have, like, a bar area where you can go and— order drinks it's a very very small
3: bar area that it used to the lounge area used to be much bigger yeah and i think that was taken out for a lot of reasons i think that a lot of people were just sitting there watching the fireworks yeah i also think they were looking
1: for more space for tables the but restaurant they needed it. the restaurant was yeah. full I, I there, was just thinking if they could go have a drink and some sushi. It,
2: there is but, a full bar, and you can sit at the bar and have food there. There's also smaller tables where people were eating, but you can't just go up to the California Grill and say, "I'm here to eat." You I have mean, to you make get, a reservation. either have to make your ADR or you go there and you wait for the next reservation. Well, also, you
0: know, in, in any of these restaurants that have a bar that you can eat at, it's always a good strategy if you don't mind if you're not there with your kids, and you don't mind if you want to sit you know, sit if you want to sit, if you'll sit at the bar and eat and you don't have a reservation, that's a good way to get in.
2: Let them know. Say, listen, I'm willing to sit at the bar and eat, and then you'll have a better chance of getting a table.
3: We also There's a couple of seats. I guess they're very coveted. We um, at, Right in front of the open kitchen, kind of like a chef's table. Now, I don't want to be this, mis- this to be misconstrued. There is a chef's table at Victoria and Albert's where they actually cook for you. And they, but this was where you could watch the activity in the kitchen, and I was talking to a mother and her child, and they loved sitting there. They thought that was the best thing. They weren't at a table. It was at a counter, and they were both facing the kitchen. But it was the little boy was just thrilled with the fact that he got to watch everything that was going on. And, again, I don't know that this is something that happens for everybody, but they were giving him small samples of things. He was probably about 10, and he might have been getting some treatment because of the fact that he was a child. However, they were thrilled to be sitting there, and she said she waited for these particular seats. All in all, I would say this is a successful—I'm a success, really having trouble today. <laughs> I thought this was successful. I still think there are better restaurants on Disney property. I think we had great food, but we like other places better. But I would definitely recommend that if this is something that you think you would like, it's the food is very fussy, in my opinion. But I think it's good.
2: And even without— being there for wishes we walked out on the catwalk and that's an incredible view of disney property you can see all the way from uh downtown orlando yeah. you know to the other side of town it's just yeah, incredible it's a, an incredible view and it is and at night or at dusk it, it just gives you a completely
3: different view of walt disney world
2: mm-hmm.
3: so it's it's a signature place it's one of walt disney world's fine dining destinations right oh they do have a kid's menu too it's very very simple. Um, just quickly, they had homemade macaroni and cheese, roasted salmon, oak-fired rib steak, grilled chicken breast, house-made whole wheat pizza, and they were and the entrees range from seven to ten dollars, ten or eleven dollars, and that's for children nine and under.
0: That's a pretty good children's menu.
1: It is a very good children's whole
0: menu.
1: wheat pizza. Oh I, I don't know. <laughs> just doesn't hit me.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. Appreciate the review. And we're going to move on and do dining plan. That's right. We have to do dining plan. And uh, John has some information for us on how to get the most out of that, some tips. I
2: do. Um, We all know that the free dining promotion is coming up. Many people are traveling to Walt Disney World for that, and we wanted to give you some information on it. Also, sort of tie it into Kevin's review. Uh, what I did was I canvassed uh, our Dreams Unlimited travel agents, and I asked them for their best tips and their best information. Uh, one of the tips we have is remember that your credits are calculated per night of your stay, not per day. And what makes that important is that you can use your credits starting the moment you check in to midnight of the night you check out. Well, why don't
0: we rewind just a little bit? Okay. And for those people who are not at all familiar with the Disney dining plan, why don't we give them a little background so okay. they... So they understand it
2: the Disney dining plan is a add-on you can add to a Disney package that allows you certain credits for meals during your day um, you can you can only add it to a package you can't have a room only reservation so you have to make a Disney World package also as a DVC member you can add a dining plan or the dining component to your DVC stay if you use points. And that's uh, $39 for adults and $10.99 for children, uh, ages 9 and under. And it's a great thing if you're uh, someone who's looking to sort of try to defray your costs a little bit. Dining at Disney can be expensive, and adding the dining plan, if it's used properly, can really give you an added uh, uh, savings on your vacation. It requires a lot of planning. Oh, yeah. You have to be prepared to plan your meals and make sure you're getting the most out of it. You don't get any credit if you don't use your dining plan, so you make sure you use everything you have before you leave. And the big thing is, is that Disney has offered a package in the fall that has the dining plan included for free. So this is a tremendous savings for people, um, oh, yeah. and it's tremendously popular. I'm going to jump in for a second.
3: Currently, the dining plan includes gratuity at any of your sit-down restaurants. That is
2: correct. So anytime you
3: use
0: a sit down that might be going away. Correct.
2: If you use a sit down credit, your your gratuity is included now and there is rumor that that will go away. There's also rumors that the dining plan is going to change dramatically next year. We don't know what that's going to be yet, but we understand that it's probably going to be some big changes. And like everything else Disney does, they're going to tweak and adjust it and try to get the most money out of it. I started to say before was your dining credits are actually calculated per night of your stay, not per day. And why that's important is that from the moment you check into the resort and get your key to the world card to midnight of the day you check out, your dining credits are good. So, um, if you can plan to arrive a little bit early on your first day, even if your room's not ready, you can still use your dining credits. And after you check out on your last day, you can still use them as well. You want to remember that, uh, To to stretch your credits, you can can skip a table service meal or you can split counter service meals. And basically what you want to do is you want to make sure to get the most out of your plan is that you can go to, say, a counter service area and uh, order something. And then you guys can split it between two people, especially if you're not big eaters. You can't split a dinner. They don't allow you to do that anymore. Uh, One of our agents, Barbara Wright, says... My mother and son uh, split a combo meal and actually for breakfast and dinner counter service, they give you very large portions. And what she'll do is she'll go and use her her points, but get, say, a banana for a dollar or go and get a coffee for a dollar. So you pay a little bit extra for those add on things and you're able to use, say, two person's credits for three people and you're able to stretch your points out a little bit more that way.
0: And this, this can only be done at counter service? At
2: the counter service, correct. I just want to make that clear that you can't split a dinner. They will not let you split
3: a so dinner. So you've
0: got anymore. three adults, and you take two counter service credits. You go into a counter service restaurant, get some food, and then split it between the three of you. And
3: correct. she's saying you can augment it by buying a couple of peripheral items to make those two meals spread out for three
2: people. Right. Uh, one of the things she says is, Smart. If, is if you do run out of credits and you do have to pay for a meal the best value is always going to be your buffets so plan to use your, to use your credits at a sit-down location and then pay more for
0: Yeah, uh, buffets uh, are always a great value but only the buffets that have food that's worth eating yeah. <laughs> that's true so you know making sure that you've researched which buffets you really want to hit and which ones are worthwhile so
2: that's true another one of our agents Rhonda has a really good tip. Snack credits can be used in the resort gift shops for any food item under four dollars. I think this one's terrific. Yeah, and I've actually you actually see this now. A lot of the resorts are putting on the counters or on the shelves how many snack credits something would cost, so you can go in and not have to guess at it. And it says so. Brond writes so we bought a bag of bagels for one credit and a jar of peanut butter for one credit and use it for breakfast for a few days. So she was able to stretch out her breakfast if you're not a big breakfast person and you don't have to do one of the fancy meals. This is a great way to stretch out your money as well.
0: That is a great idea. Isn't
2: that a great idea? She says this is much better than using it for, say, a soda or popcorn in the park. Yeah, don't waste it on that. And her other tip is really great. She says if you've unused snack credits at the time you're going to leave, buy some snacks in the gift shop. She said you can also use it for, like, the box chocolates and things like that that you can bring home on your trip, too, as a souvenir or for gifts for someone at home. So these are really good tips. Um, Some of the basic stuff is generally because of uh, the free dining promotion, you really want to make your advanced dining reservations the moment you can. That's 180 days out. And you really want to make sure you sit down and think about where it it is you and your family really want to eat. Yeah, Um, And
1: plot out your points, too. Right.
2: Don't overextend yourself don't make a breakfast reservation and a lunch reservation and a dinner reservation in three different parks you know don't make it so it's so crazy you're spending your whole time just running from place to place to eat you know really give it some thought about where you're going to be that day
1: yeah, then it doesn't turn into a value
2: can
3: i jump in here for one second sure. i keep getting the question about the 180 days plus 10 what that means is you're allowed to book your reservations 180 days in advance And I'm going to just work with something simple like December 1st. If you're going to be there for the week of December 1st through December 7th, at 180 days, you're allowed to book December 1st. Well, The old way Disney did it, you would have to call back tomorrow because tomorrow would be 180 days from December 2nd. And then you would have to call back and do December 3rd. Right. What they've done now for Disney resort guests, people staying at one of the Disney properties, you can book 180 days plus 10. So 180 days from December 1st, you're allowed to book for 10 days after that as a resort guest. So what that allows you to do is book all of your advanced dining reservations on the same phone call as yeah. opposed to have to call back a hundred. Which gives you
0: away. an advantage, especially with ADRs being so tough to get in some restaurants. Right. That does give you a bit of an advantage. It does. It's and a it perk over, for staying on over property. Over people who aren't. And you know. it
1: makes them more efficient, too, because they can. you give them the information once and then they just plug it into the other Correct. It makes the times. phone call easier. In the past, people would have to call back every 180
2: days yeah.
3: out. So you would have to make seven phone calls to make seven uh, a week worth of dining reservations.
2: Uh, another agent, Marla, gives some of her tips. She says, if you're using the dining plan, use the table service credits for dinner for the best value. Don't use them for a lunch because you're going to get less food or have less choices. Right. Use counter service credits for lunch. Um, she feels that Cinderella's Royal Table or any meal that asks for two credits is just not worth it. Right, she I believe that, that. you might as well pay for those right out and make those credits for other days.
1: That's a good tip.
2: She says if you have more dining than credits, if you plan more meals than you have credits, pay out of pocket for the cheaper meals. And one way you can find out what the cheaper meals is is we have the menus right on our site. Go through and take a look at the menus and see what you're going to pay. Which is also
3: a great planning tool prior to your 180-day mark.
0: Yeah, now while you know, we, we, we try and keep the menus as up to the minute as possible, these menus do change pretty frequently, and we have everything. We have all the restaurants, all the counter service locations, in the theme parks, in the resorts. Yep. So there's a lot of information up there, and while it may not be exact when, you know, if you print it out and you come in to Disney World, it may not be exact when you get here. But it'll at least give you a really good idea it's of what, what's they,
1: there. pretty
2: consistent. They might not have new skis bacon when you get to the contemporary. Pretty much. It might be sold well, out. Just some other real quick tips is you want to be flexible in your time and your dates of when you want to go someplace. If you get set on being in one restaurant, you might get disappointed. And she gives a suggestion that what you want to do is try to be sensitive of how your family eats at home. Kids might be used to eating at a certain time Mm -hmm. at home. Don't go to a 10 o'clock meal then just because you want to experience that restaurant. It's not going to be fun you have cranky kids you won't have a great experience try to be sensitive to what you usually do at home and the other thing she wrote was um don't overbook don't go crazy and book like a million adrs when then once you get there you think you're going to just fish it out try to be respectful of other people's needs especially during the free dining promotion make what you're going to make stick with your plan and cancel any that you don't use
0: i think that you know while i i certainly agree with that sentiment i think it's like spitting into the wind because mm. i don't think anybody's listening to the i mean you, you hear the please all the time please stop making all these adrs this they is where
2: the poli- morality police should be policing.
3: you know if
0: they're going to be policing <laughs> anything yeah police that you know that's
2: because what we know exactly what people do they make four or five for the same night because they don't know where they want to eat for fear that they're going to miss out on that right. one place that's going to "quote unquote" make their vacation. But try well, to you know what's going to
0: happen if you guys don't stop doing it, Disney's going to start requiring like a, like a credit card deposit.
2: They already do it now on some of the more popular restaurants.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, that's a credit card hold. hold. Really. I, I'm saying that I could see them going to like a ten dollar deposit on each came, ADR.
1: Yeah, because it screws the restaurants up big time. I mean, they're it expecting, really does. They're expecting a big crowd, and then all of a sudden, half of them realize that the wishes uh, fireworks are at seven o'clock that night and they have an ADR at seven o'clock and well, I'm going to go watch the fireworks and they blow off the other thing.
2: And try to cancel them. That's what we ask as well. And we hope you get the most out of your dining plan. It's a great thing. It's a great experience. Just don't let it consume your vacation. Yeah.
0: Now, I mean, do you consider uh, overall, do you consider the dining plan a good deal or a bad deal?
2: At this point in time, the way it works, it's a good deal.
0: So you recommend the dining plan?
2: I do. At the way it sits now, especially free dining, you can't get you can't do any better.
0: Right. Than free dining. Well, I mean, but that's for a limited time. But you know, generally speaking, you know, the dining plan, paying that thirty nine dollars extra uh, per day per person, you think it's worth it?
1: I do. If you use your head and 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 take some of the tips that we we tell you, if you just go blazing away and wasted a uh, meal here or there. It, it doesn't turn into that value.
2: We see many times, and I know Kevin wants to say that, and I apologize for interrupting you, we see many times people actually t- complaining and saying, I didn't know I could use my th- my thing here, I didn't know I could use it there. Understanding the plan up front is very important.
3: I was go- I was going to say something very similar. Know what your abilities are with the dining plan. However, I think the people that I see it ruling their vacation, that they're spending weeks and weeks and have planning spreadsheets and, you know, diagrams and charts and laser pointers. They made a 3D model of Disney that they step into. Correct. And After that, it becomes less of a value. Now it's become a job. Right. And once it becomes your profession to try and get the most pennies out of your dining plan, at some point you have to let it go and say, I'm
0: supposed to be relaxing. Right. Exactly. Okay exactly so
2: but i agree i think as it stands now i think it's a good value we're going to wait and see what they do next year and uh, i'm just gonna throw this in real quick we do have a rumor of sorts we believe that disney's going to release 2008 rates and availability and open up 2008 bookings sometime in early august simply a rumor based on what we're hearing chatter wise but that's something to keep an eye out on.
1: Okay. That's what the government keeps saying about all <laughs> <laughs> this chatter out there. <laughs> John, did we mention that uh, if you don't use the credits, you lose them? Yeah, I,
2: I mentioned that up front, Bob. If you don't use them, they're going to be gone. So you got to make sure you to get the most out of it.
1: Right, and that's when it doesn't turn into a good value if you, you don't use all your credits either. Correct.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, John. Appreciate the uh, the update on the dining plan. Alright, and finally, before we move on to our email show, as we close this this show, we have a prize to give away. The last Tuesday of every month, we select one of our listeners who sent an email in that we read on the show, and that person wins a prize. They get to choose a number between 1 and 30. We have 30 corresponding envelopes here in our studio, and we pull the prize out of that envelope, and that's what they win. I can't wait. And uh, in order to... Be a part of this wonderful giveaway, because we get some really cool prizes that were given out. In order to be part of that, all you need to do is send us an email to podcast at wdwinfo.com. With your question, comment on the show. If we read it on the show, you'll get your own Diz Unplugged t-shirt and get entered into our monthly drawing. So, Kimberly Merrill from Falcon, Colorado, was our winner this month. And she chose number 27. Mm. And number 27... I don't know how to do a drum roll. I don't either. I don't either. A $25 gift certificate. Yay! A $25 Disney gift certificate for Kimberly Merrill. It's the first uh, 25 I was kind of hoping to be something else.
2: <laughs> so was Kimberly.
3: Yeah. Really?
0: No, nah, it's not a bad prize. It's a good I mean, prize. That's pretty good $25 gift certificate.
2: They're good uh, anywhere on Disney property as well as at Disney store. Disney
0: store, Disney online. Disney cruise line. Yep, any place at all. So congratulations, Kimberly. $25 gift certificate is going to be coming your way with our compliments. Thanks for listening. And a T-shirt. And no, she already got she the already T-shirt. She already got her T-shirt. Oh, that's now right. she gets her $25 gift certificate. So congratulations. And uh, just a reminder to everyone, please make sure you go out to podcastawards.com and cast a, a vote for us each day between now and August 11th for Best Travel Podcast. We'd appreciate your support. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back with you again next Tuesday for another edition of the Diz Unplugged. You have a great week.